Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Try Except Pass, the short form podcast that helps you learn more about your favorite development topics. This is your host, Christian Medina. Today's episode is about documentation. It's an important topic that we all need to learn a little bit more about as we go about our technical careers. The better we are at documenting code, the easier it is for other people to use it, which means it gets a better adoption, especially if you're talking about open source. Specifically, this episode covers how to write a readme file and the different sections to include in it. It's based on an article written by James Scott on Dev.2. It's the second part of a three-part series called How to Write a Kick-Ass Readme. The other sections include how to build a documentation culture and a case for code comments. I think James gives us a good overview here, so I wanted to share it with everyone. As always, you'll find the link to the original article in the show notes. So let's get to it. README is one of the most important, if not the most important, file of your project. People already know to come look at it in order to learn how your code works, how to use it, how to install it, and even contribute to it. It's usually a single file, traditionally written in text, with its name capitalized in order to attract attention because of the valuable information it contains. Over the years, the format has evolved from simple text onto things like markdown or restructured text, most of which are automatically rendered in your common repository browsers or systems like, say, GitHub, providing the user with a richer experience. The README file is your simplest attempt of documentation and maybe even your gateway into a larger documentation system. Everybody knows to pay attention to it, so if you don't provide anything useful, it defeats the purpose. Now the files themselves, or, or this method of conveying how your project works, has existed for many years, going back into the 1970s. There's a couple theories on its origin, one of them being the instructions written by hand in a sheet of paper on a stack of punch cards that were used in the 60s to program your large mainframes or computers. Other folks say it was a nod to Alice in Wonderland when she finds a potion labeled Drink Me and a cake labeled Eat Me, uh, which makes her change in size. It's important to note that readmes are not just about open source, but they also exist in closed source projects that employ the same techniques in order to convey installation instructions or setup or configuration instructions. Now let's get into what you should include in a readme file. The first thing is to name your project or the thing that you're working on or system. There's a surprising number of projects that don't even do this. Another piece would be to include a summary or an introduction of what it is that the project does or even why you built it. Then you can start getting into what people need to do 
in order to use it or install it. So you should probably have a, a section on prerequisites. If you need a specific operating system or language or interpreter versions, like if we're talking about Python, which version of Python you're using, or any external libraries that you have dependencies on, say you require the development version of a third-party library. And also keep in mind, if your project is built to integrate with external APIs, you should include external service accounts. Um, like say you're supposed to work with AWS or Google Cloud Platform, then you, your user has to have an account in those systems in order for, for them to take advantage of your code. Then it's time to look at installation instructions. What are the steps required in order to get your code up and running to the point where it's usable? It's surprising how many projects forget to do that, and you're left fumbling around trying to figure out what are, what are the different pieces needed and how to even run the code itself. Another point is, of course, usage instructions. Say you're working with a command line interface, you can just dump the uh, help section into your readme. So that will give everybody a good overview of all the different pieces and functions that your code provides. Uh, if you're looking at APIs, like if, you're, if you've written a REST API, you can create some documentation for each endpoint that your service provides, the input it takes, and the output it gives you. Or if you're writing a module, you should go over how to use that module, what are the classes, what they represent, how to properly interact with them uh, in order to provide the features that you've built. Another point to consider is contributions, especially if you're an open source project, you'll want to have some instructions on how somebody can submit their code for consideration into uh, merge into the main branch, things like style guides, or how to write bugs, or even how to contribute to the documentation itself. Don't forget that for open source, this is a team effort. So it's a good idea to include the names or handles of the folks that are contributing code to your repository. Another section to consider is acknowledgments of the projects you based your system on, especially things that require attribution or have some form of copyright. This includes code, designs, images, charts, anything and everything that has uh, helped you produce this project, uh, it's important to include in its own little section. Then there's the point of adding some contact information or some way of communicating with the maintainers of the project itself. These days, this could include a Twitter handle or your GitHub user, but there's also things like external communities like Slack or Gitter or Telegram that people might use to, or even IRC, that are used to communicate with maintainers or users of the code. And these pieces are actually uh, quite important. Large communities help push open source and uh, help adoption because there's just a place to ask questions. So don't forget to include those if you have them with your project. Another piece is the license information. You can write it out in the readme itself, but the usual 
solution is to put it into a separate file and link to it from your readme. The text itself can come from external sources like juicelicense.com or opensource.org, but GitHub also helps you when you create your repository with a standard license text. Another piece to remember is that you can add status about the project itself in the form of badges as well. So let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit more. It's not just badges, but uh, our author here calls it flair that you can add to the README. Things like branding, uh, logos are important. Uh, it helps convey the project image and make it more recognizable out in the field. Uh, but badges, badges are also called shields, uh, help you communicate where you're at with the test status for your, for your commit or the build status of that commit and many other things. In fact, in Dragset Pass, we wrote an article some months ago about how to generate those badges using Python code in your CI/CD system. We'll add a link in the show notes if you're interested in looking. But there are other places or websites online that will help you create the uh, badges themselves, like shields.io. You should check them out. Also, don't forget screenshots if you have a project that has a user interface beyond the command line. Screenshots are awesome, especially if you have a project that's manipulating images or video in some shape or form. Don't forget to include some examples of how that's going to look like. Even for CLIs, it's, uh, there are systems like ASCII Cinema to help you record a terminal session and then replay it for folks in your, in your readme so that if people get a feeling of how things work and uh, how it would look like to use it. If you're feeling humorous, our author reminds us that you can always include emojis to add a little bit of a human perspective to the contents of your readme. There's actually a set of standard emojis that some folks are using. They are listed in allcontributors.org, which is also a system you can consider to automatically update your contributors section. They can monitor your code commits and automatically pull out the usernames of the folks that are merging code into your master branches. There's a bunch of other resources in the article uh, that are useful, including a template for making your next readme. That's a gist that James has uh, uh, created for us. And there are links to talks and even a readme generator that might be helpful for you guys. Now, a few more things to keep in mind are, and these came out of the discussion on, on the article itself, are sections on terminology. If you're running a project that's really complicated, has a, a bunch of uh, extraneous terms or a nomenclature, it might be useful to discuss it in the readme itself, though some folks recommend that you just do that in a different file, like have a glossary file or something like that. I personally like to talk about common use cases. and It's a way of providing examples of the main entry points into your system and how you expect your users to, to actually interact with it. Other interesting sections would be about reasoning for decisions made in the architecture or design of the project, especially things that are controversial. There is recommendations about adding steps on how to debug as well. That's sometimes important in very complex systems. 
just as well as some FAQs. Uh, though those could probably go into a into a separate section. Or at this point, you're pretty much talking about larger documentation effort that should probably go into a a documentation system itself. Like maybe read the docs. Okay. So that's the end of our article. I hope you liked it. The main takeaway, of course, is that README files will help you enhance the quality of your code and its usefulness to other people, which is usually the main goal of having open source or distributing code in such a way that it requires a README in the first place. Uh, We covered all the different sections that are important. You don't have to include all of them, but I think it gives you a good idea of what to think about the next time you write a readme. The resources section is actually pretty useful. Some of these templates and generators are pretty cool. So take a look when you get a chance. Thanks for listening to the Drag Set Pass podcast. If you liked it, feel free to subscribe with your favorite app and leave us a review. Don't forget to come by tragsetpass.org for more articles on real-world software. You can stay informed by signing up to our mailing list. If you have an article that you want us to cover, you can send us a tweet at tragsetpass. This is Christian Medina wishing you good times and good tinkering.